Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me, as always, to talk all things women's cycling is One Lunged Sarah. How are you, Sarah? <laughs> I've only got one lung. <laughs> yeah. Yay! Ebola! Yeah. ate the last one, Dan. I have to be careful to not make you laugh too much this uh, this time around. I oh, think. that's true. Well, yeah. luckily you're not very funny, so. Ah, yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, no, but... if you're if you're listening to this and you're a parent, I have no idea how you manage to catch toddler Ebola and look after your toddlers at the same time. I just need to say, parents, you're all amazing. Um, so a little over a week ago, Sarah was away with her family and looking after um, her nephews, and um, and contracted some sort of incredibly Two virulent desi- disease. Um, Ebola. Which she's calling Ebola, which I think the rest of the world calls Ebola, but, you know, <laughs> in her fevered state, she can't be expected to pronounce things correctly. Um, so anyway, it's been a little while since we last caught up, and there's been a fair bit going on. So we're going to quickly, and promise, quickly, run through... Within an hour. A whole b- <laughs> well, I was trying to be realistic. <laughs> um, run through a whole bunch of racing and results and stuff. So, yeah. Uh, where did you want to start? Well, I just, so it's really, we didn't get to talk, we, we, we kind of had the first week of the, with the year with a massive amounts of racing. And then last last weekend? Weekend before, before. Yeah. Weekend um, before weekend was before, Aussie, Aussie Nats. Was this amazing weekend which had the Aussie and the Kiwi National Championships on the road and all the, well, most of the big cyclocross national championships yes yes so in aussie aussie nats um uh, i think we already knew uh kat garfoot had won the time trial um yes ahead of shari gillow and kate perry yeah and then she went on in the road race on the sunday to do the double which was the first time since 2009 when carla ryan won the double um so kat garfoot sprinted to victory after a two-up break with um amanda spratt so yeah. Her teammates. Yeah, yeah. So great result um for for Kat Carfoot. Um and shows definitely that her her um champs jersey from last year was not a one off and you know, I I think she's got some, some great results ahead of her this year. Yeah, it was um, it was one of those things though that you you look at and you go, Yeah, well we know that like there's, we talked about it before, that you can mm. have an unlimited number of Orica riders racing in it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and it's, it's, uh, it's I don't know, I'm, I I get it. It's always complicated. It's the same course every year. But when it was Kat Garf and Sarah a two-woman break with Amanda Spratt, it's pretty clear they were going to be working together and then sprint for the finish. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, exactly. Like, it's one of those... It, it's a good result, yay, but it's also not super surprising, slash, it, it is what it is. It's it's Aussie, Meaningful. It's Aussie Nationals, like, that's just how they go, so... Yeah, You kind yeah, of yeah. Shrug and just go, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, over in the Kiwi Nationals, Jamie Nielsen won the ITT ahead of Georgia Williams and Rushi Buchanan, and then Rushi Buchanan won the road race, I think, for the fourth year in a row, I'm not sure, ahead of Georgia Williams and Kate McIlroy. Cool. Um, so, uh, oh, Lucy Kennedy was third in the um, New Zealand National Championship, oh, nice. in the, uh, the Aussie National Championships too. Yes, so. yes, of course. Um, and then, so as you say, it was also cyclocross nationals, so um, for like most of the European countries, yeah? Yeah, and America. And America. And America. Okay. It was an amazing day of women's cycling. We're going to talk about this on the road, but I just want to say about cyclocross and why it's just become it leapfrogged into the most progressive right in the to the most great progressive discipline yeah so for ages the most progressive discipline has been mountain bike yeah um because we can see hi you know um with mountain bike you get to see the entire of a woman's world cup um and you also get to see the top say five riders in the downhill in the, in the downhill world cup and so that's been the you know streamed live on red bull bike and that's been the most progressive one for years and cyclocross has been building up and cyclocross has it quite easy because there are Three major series, the World Cups, the Eis... I'm never going to say this right, I'm sorry, Dutch friends. The Eisborka Ladies' Trophy, which is part of the Davo Bay Trophy, which used to be the B-Post Bank Trophy, etc., etc. And also the Super Prestige. And first of all, the 
Women's World Cup, Scott Strange, thank you very much, UCI, um, in their entirety. And then the Dave Bay Trophy last year got um, streamed, the Iceborker Trophy got streamed last year in, in its entirety, thanks to sports are losing some of the rights to races and putting on women's races and going, hang on a minute, these, these stats are really good, we'll just show more. Yep. And then this year, the Super Prestige have also been all shown live. And it's extraordinary. And they're shown on my television. They're shown in America on the Trek website. It's just you can watch every race and you can watch tiny races. You can pretty much watch any major race um, in cyclocross. And on the uh, two weeks ago on Sunday, we basically watched the live women's Belgian national championships in uh-huh. on Sportsa. Then we watched the 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 Netherlands national championship live on I don't know which channel it was, but you know I was watching it. It was great. And then there was the USA national champ streamed live, which was supposed to start with the women's under twenty three race, but they had technical problems due to the massive amounts of snow. But they managed to get it together for the women's elite race. Okay. And so you're sitting there, going, hang on, I've just watched three entire live races. Yeah, yeah. And national championships, day. no less, on the same day. Like, that's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic. And it's, I mean, of course, cyclocross, they have the same thing. You know, it's on a, it's on a fixed course. Mm. And so it's always been not about, oh, wow, well, you know, it costs so much money to stream races, man. Oh, it's so difficult. Because the setup, the infrastructure, which is the costs, yeah. is already there. Yep, yep, absolutely. It's always been about will. And I am so happy the sports are, you know, lost their, you know, has has gone, you know, fuck it, we show it. Yeah. And they they're showing it because they, because it's because it it's there's there's lots of people watching it. Now, national championships, the races are always um there's a difference between races. And I was laughing at people was like talking about how Katie Compton, for example, has won. Her, she she won her thirteenth national title I in was a row. Say, it's some and, kind of huge number. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but. Whereas in whereas Mariana Voss, for example, before this weekend, she, she'd had four national titles. Right. And there are some people kind of implying that this makes Katie Compton a better rider. Rather than implying that that's because the Dutch field is always the best field and the most competitive field and has the most number of riders who could win. Well, like Katie Compton and, and, starts early and soloing, soloing to the finish in yeah. national championships. And, Isn't a surprise. And exactly. I mean, even I know that, and I don't, I mean, as fairly famous, I'm not a, a keen follower of Cross. Um, but also, the other, to me, the other glaringly obvious factor would be the course itself, because, you know, a Cross course, by its nature, will go through significant variation, even even if it's the same course, you know, like the, the seasonality, the weather on the day, the the whatever. Like, it, it's a deeply unique course every time it's raced. Oh, it makes it so exciting. It was so lovely to see snow races in huh. America. Yep. Like, yep. I haven't seen a snow race for a really long time, and I'm so excited about it because it's you know to see a snow race is just lovely and so the americans were, were racing in this vast amount of snow and it was cool. it was interesting watching people complain about it on twitter actually oh but it is unfortunate for the states that they you know their their cyclocross heartland is along the east coast uh-huh. um especially around new england yeah um so oh it was what it was but it was lovely to see yeah. snow races because you know with global warming we don't see snow races anymore in europe <laughs> So well, Katie Compton won, yeah. and um, and Amanda Miller second, and Kate, Caitlin Antonou third. Okay. Uh, and in the under twenty threes, fantastic fight between Ellen Noble and uh, someone else who's also awesome. So they have. To, I don't want to sound like I'm dissing the American cyclocross scene because I'm not, but it's just that at the moment Katie Compton is head and shoulders above mm. the rest of them in the same way that. Um, well, it's similar to... In the UK. Yep. So in the UK, Nikki Harris won. Helen Wyman's not racing because she's injured. Yep. Um, 
and Nicky Harris won significantly. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and I was going to say luck- similar, similar to like downhill mountain bike or, or whatever, where you've got like a set of top riders and then, you know, there is a bit of a drop off, but that's the whole point is that over time, a sport will work itself through these things. So, you know, yeah. or, or, or they're just a small country because Christine yeah. Mayerus won her 25th national title wow. in Luxembourg. Like, so that's yeah. like her eighth cyclocross title because she wins cyclocross, uh, yeah. mountain, uh, road, ITT yeah and it's it's kind of like well you know Luxembourg's a very small country yeah well I, it's in the same way as the Schlecks used to win but you know also, the, there's also interesting things then you know now that I think of it where for example in Australia um you know our cross nationals by virtue of the seasons have to be when most of your pro road riders, for example, are overseas anyway. So, you know, you're getting completely different fields for, for that, which isn't entirely unique in and of itself, but you know, it just changes the the nature of the way some of these things work too. So yeah, it's, I mean, I, I think nationals is one of those things where you kind of just have to sort of take a broad evaluation of the country, the field, the course, and then ultimately shrug your shoulders and go, yeah, cool. Yeah. So, um, Sana Kant won about her eighth national title, fifth or eighth national title in, in, um, Belgium and had to fight for it harder than she has before. And that was interesting. And Laura, the shot, the Don shot, I think she, she ended up, she got given a pro contract the day after because she did so, 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 so well. And it was, it's, it's just lovely. It's really, it was really nice. But the big race, the big question was always going to be the Netherlands National Championship because it's the, it's the hardest um, because it's it's got the most number of riders who could win. So we had Sophie de Boer, uh, Talita, world champion Talita de Jong, um, Lucinda Brand, who's been having a great mm. cyclocross season, and of course, Mariana Voss. Well, I mean, as everyone knows, um, she's not very passionate about cyclocross. It's kind of a time filler for her because she doesn't race a very heavy <laughs> schedule anymore. And so, Mariana Voss. Oh, Mariana Voss. We all know Mariana Voss has been having a really shitty couple of years. Mm. We also all know Mariana Voss absolutely adores, adores, adores cyclocross. Like it's her favorite, favorite thing. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's, 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 she's just, it, it, it was, it I was mean, a beautiful race. Now the course. Basically she, she rides road to stay fit for cross basically is like. <laughs> no, that's not true. She, she loves, Marina Voss loves bike riding. And if Marina Voss wasn't, when Marina Voss is like 95 years old, she's going to be racing like young whippersnappers as she rides down the polders to go to the village <laughs> to get some bread. <laughs> Sorry, I just had this. I just had this great mental image of her on like a, a town bike with a basket on the front, just cruising past some like nineteen-year-old boy, you know, riding his guts out the train or something. <laughs> just, just her on the way home with the groceries, you know. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Marina Voss loves bike racing, and she's had this really terrible time over the last couple of years. She's been very sick. She's been um, injured. She's had all sorts of trauma, and I was. I am have been delighted watching her come back to cyclocross. Like she she um won the, the she won the um GP Sven Nace in her first uh jersey of the you know, her first the first time she was riding jersey for WM three Pro Cycling, which her team is called this year, and she was riding it and someone said to me, Why has she not got like flashes on, you know, world's flashes or nationals flashes on her sleeve like she's entitled to? And I'm like, I think that's because she wants the rainbow jersey back. <laughs> but it turns out she was only riding the WM3 jersey once because she took off in about the first lap 35 corners at least in this course yeah right. so it's technical it's tr- so so for example Talita de Jong last year's uh, last year's cyclocross world champion wasn't particularly a good course for her because she's um because she's like you know she's more of a sprint she's more of a sprinty type it was just yep. not the course for her. but Voss took and she had a terrible start Talita and uh slipped her foot from the pedal and kind of Ooh. built back from being 10th at one point you know to, to fifth yeah. and so you know good from her she got caught, caught back but yeah Voss Voss was doing that super clever thing of like riding through the pits and changing bikes to just to avoid all the crush of people <laughs> I love watching her it was like 
she won it solo so obviously and so clearly she was so clearly head and shoulders above this field and this is a very very good field yeah, yeah i'm not yeah. just this field is wonderful but she won it stunningly and mm. it was such an emotional moment for me because she finished and it's like she just looked like at one point the commentator said she looks like she's having a good time out there. Yeah. Well, I, I think that was the quote that I saw from her, where she she literally said that um, you know she'd almost forgotten how much like winning is the best feeling and um, and how much it had meant to her. Yeah, she said that it was her fifth national title, but it felt like her first. Mm, mm, yeah, and like I mean, it's just. You can't not love Vox. Like, when she says, you know, she's just... The only thing that was slightly weird was later that night she had a... Um, she had a picture of herself in her new jersey. And said, oh, that was fast. Ha, ha, ha. And Lucinda Brands, um, who came second, uh, kind of called her out on this. Like, hang on a minute. That's a bit off. Because, you know, it looked like she was... Is this Vox, like, being so... Dis- like... I, I don't know. It felt a bit. It felt a bit odd, and I couldn't put my finger on why. That like, hang on, you're so sure you're gonna win? You get your national jersey made up. Yeah. But she's like, she's like, no, it's it's because. And so she replied back to Lucinda saying, no, we had a photo shoot in the house anyway, and one of my teammates is also a national champion. Right. So I think Yara Castel, you know, like Yara Klasterline was the junior national champion, and um, Anusta Costa is, uh, is the is the national champion in, on the road. So it's like, no, we just, you know. So she's kind of saying it wasn't, it's not my, it wasn't my jersey. One of my teammates happened to have it. Oh right, I so just she did like it borrowed a away. jersey from a teammate, you know, just who was also, photo, that, yeah. yeah. Right, I mean, I I don't know. I don't think it would be very Voss like to. Yeah. I can't see Voss having a national champions jersey made up before she won it because no, I think no, she's, be she's not that kind of person yeah exactly like you'd, you'd be jinxing yourself and yeah and also like yeah no like to me she just doesn't seem to me to be the kind of person who would do that either just because it would seem too it, it's arrogant like it's just it yeah. just doesn't it doesn't click with who she is so yeah you know no. But it was, I mean, the thing about the national champ- Dutch national championships were awesome because the Dutch, I mean, obviously cyclocross, biggest, mar- biggest market, biggest heartland for men is in the, is in um, Belgium, but I'd argue it's biggest heartland for women is in the Netherlands. Right. So they had, when they ran the men's and the women's cyclocross nats, they put the men's on first and the women's second. Now that could be, and that was just, it was just lovely. And I think that's because they know that Mariana Voss is, um, although Matthew, Matthew Van der Poel is a really um, incredible rider, that he's not Mariana Voss level. Yeah. But also it meant that the men's cyclocross race and the women's cyclocross race in Belgium and Netherlands didn't clash with each other. So you could watch the men's in in the Netherlands first and then the men's in Belgium or vice versa with the women's. Yeah. And it was just so, it was so nice. It just, you're sitting there watching all these live races going, wow, this is incredible. And then at the same time, when you look at like the British national championships and there's two minutes footage, you're like, well, this is fucking pathetic, <laughs> you know? And then, and there's this really interesting thing because you get in the, in the, in the British and in the USA national championships, for example, our women are much stronger internationally than our men. By by by, no one can argue with it. Yeah, Nikki Bramea and Katie Compton are going to be national. Are, are going to be like favourites to win worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the the Brits, the Brits and the American men, they're going to be if they can get into top fifteen, that's going to be impressive. But you still have those races presented as if the men's is the main event. Yep. That's both in terms of how it's presented on the day, but also how it's presented in like your British cycling and your USA cycling race reports. It's really, really bizarre. And I don't understand it. Like they, yeah, this is the main event. You're like, no, no, it's not. Like, like, although it was a pretty nailed on win for Nikki Bremer and Katie Compton, it's also a pretty nailed on win for Ian Field in Britain, for example. So it's not. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's part of the nature of any sort of, um, Ah, uh, jeez, I'm trying to think of a better word than niche, but you know, like, like uh, 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 cyclocross as a discipline is a smaller part of cycling as a whole, which is not the biggest sport in the world. Is basically what I'm trying to say. You know, like, so when you're doing nationals, you're going to get that. You know, I mean, but I think that's also quite true of 
of a lot of sports. Like, take tennis, for example, where you're going to have, you know, like, in tennis, I mean, you know, if there was a national title that was hotly contested, how much would you love to go up against Serena Williams? <laughs> you know, like, there's just going to be a... But, but, they, but they probably put Serena Williams as the main event. Like, this is the interesting thing about it. Like, the, 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 there's, this, there's this insistence that's not borne out in reality that the men's race is also always the main event. Yeah, true, true. And I and that's what I'm that's what I'm a bit that's what I'm pissed off about. Like it's just like like Marianne Voss is clearly the main event and she's Matthew Dapp Vanderpool is a great rider and an awesome champion and a world champion and amazing and the Dutch have got some great men but their men are not Marianne Voss yeah and the Dutch are able to say that you know the Dutch are able to work with that and to kind of present it like that and even in Belgium where the men's racing is so much bigger than the women's racing sports are still presented as here's a report on the women here's a report on the men yep they don't present it as as um you know so they wouldn't have so the pictures that you get on british cycling with a picture of ian field winning when actually nikki bromea is the the reason that most people are clicking on this report you know right. like it's, yep. it's 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 i find it really really fascinating mm. like anyway we'll come on to that a little bit later because we have invisible races in terms of the tour down under well, I mean, I, yes, 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 and yes, and then also depends on how you define invisible, because if we're going on footage provided by race organisers, 100% invisible. If we're going on footage provided by teams, reasonably visible. And, and to me, that's the that's the main gripe I have about the, you know, quote-unquote visibility of that race, is I don't expect that to be one of those races that is shown live, um, you know, the, for those who aren't familiar, the Women's Tour Down Under is actually organised by different organisers from the Men's Tour Down Under. It's still owned by it's still owned by the South Australian government, though. This well, is the interesting thing: do, the South they, Australian government owns it both, well, but they've is, given this is different organisers. And that is absolutely a point. Genuinely, I couldn't agree more. That does frustrate the shit out of me, not least because the South Australian government have a very vocal commitment, in their words to raising the profile of women's sport. So, you know, it does irk me more than a little that for some reason they don't seem to have, you know, followed through on that as a commitment, you know. Um, at the same time, yeah, it's a reasonably new race and, you know, blah, blah, blah. My issue is, like I said, I don't expect it to be broadcast live at this stage of its life. You know, give it another three years or five years and I'll be you know, side-eyeing it almost as harshly as I do Flesh Full On. Fuck you, Flesh Full On. Um, anyway, but when we've got, what was it, three teams putting out daily race highlights, one of which is literally using footage from the race organisers, why the fuck can't the race organisers put out highlights? Yeah, I mean, the turn-down under's just... It's been a really interesting week for watching, not just the racing, but also watching the commentating on the commentary, the, the wider engagement with yeah. racing. Yeah. So the tour down under, it's a four stage race. The men's is like seven stages and it happens. It kind of overlaps a little bit with the men's race. So, um, I, some people go, Oh, it should be world tour. I disagree. Yeah. No. The course, I'm sorry, Australians, the course is a bit shit. No, no, no. I, um, I agree completely with that. It is not a world tour race. Absolutely not. It, and might, they, so they, so it they, could be one day, but it is definitely not as it is now. No, uh, the World Tour race I have in Australia is the Cattle Evans Great Ocean Road Race. Absolutely no question. Yeah. Um, so it starts off with one road, road with one road um, stage. Mm. Then stage two is a crit, and it's the same crit, same day, same course as the Men's People's Choice Criterium, yep. which is their pre Tour Down Under race. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Then the third stage is a road race, which was meant to be very hilly, but it's only seventy-four kilometers long, I think. And yeah, and it didn't actually seem that hard. I mean, Whispering Mountain or Whispering Hill is a fantastic name, but it and, and it did shake up the race, but it wasn't, like, that much. And then the final stage is another crit, and that's on the same day as the first stage in the men's tour down under on yeah. roads that the men go 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 on later so it's it's always already starts off and it's a bit it's a little bit tour of california yeah um i i feel like that is possibly a little bit harsh because 
it's let me put it this way not a 10 rider invitational fucking time trial so no but i'm sorry no but the tour of california wasn't a 10 in the 10 rider invitational time trial either this last year was it well last year but this race has never been that i mean it deserves a little bit of credit like fuck no but the course the goal i'm talking about in terms of the course it's not it's one of those courses where it looks the the, the 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 suspicion was that the person who re- wins the first road race is going to win the entire thing. I I have no idea why anyone would think that and don't give away results like that. I haven't given away the results. <laughs> I'm just giving away this. Oh my god! So I dared the race. Yes. <laughs> so I was interested in it, and, and a lot of people really really wanted to watch yeah. it, and and I had my Twitter was full of people going, oh, can we watch it? Can we watch it? Can we watch it? Can we watch it? And there's the usual suspects, but there's also a lot of people who are new fans, and I think we yeah. need to look at this this whole week in the context of the fact we're in a post-Olympic year. The Olympic road race caught the imagination of cycling fans all over, the, like both people who are fans of women's cycling, of course, people who are fans of men's cycling, but maybe, maybe didn't watch the women before, and people who'd never watched cycling before, because that end game with Annemiek van Vleuten's leading and then crashing out and being yeah. a really really violent crash like i know yeah. a lot of the men crash but you could see them getting up and touching themselves and um so that sounded terrible <laughs> <laughs> don't laugh you'll die um, <laughs> so so yeah it, so yeah we um we just had to take a very quick pause so sarah could cough up a third of her remaining lung um and, <laughs> don't laugh. Don't make me laugh you can't lose any more of it jeez um and yeah so, so we're talking we're, so we're saying we're talking about why the national the, the olympic road race brought in a lot of new fans the Annick van vleuten tra- yep. you know, big crash uh mara abbott's um uh being caught in the last kilometer yep. and then that amazing three up sprint between uh anna van der brega uh, elisa longley and emma johansson and so that race caught a lot of people's attention whether you're cycling fans or or not and what's fascinating to me is the post-Olympic year. I think a lot of people have forgotten about the Olympics already because it feels like a long time ago. Mm. But aren't taking into account the new fan energy. Oh, absolutely. And, and not just new fan energy. I mean, I think genuinely new fan interest. I mean, the Olympics is a gateway drug for... A, a lot of people into sports that they've not seen before. So, you know, established cycling fans can be way more blasé about it, um, you know, because we've watched a whole bunch of other races in between times, whereas someone mm. who, who saw the Olympics and was just blown away by it, particularly if they're, you know, a local Australian who suddenly hears about this uh, Australian race in Australia with Australians, you know, probably going to be interested. Yeah, and, and with Annemiek van Vleuten racing as well, who's yeah. suddenly become who suddenly become catapulted up the... You know, people have always loved Annemiek. Yeah, sure, she's always been sure. a really interesting personality. She's been fun. She's been a great rider. But Annemiek van Vleuten just caught people's imagination, not just because of how she... of her crash, but because of her coming back and racing yeah. a month later and being really honest about the fact that the emotional strain was more traumatic for her than the... and was harder to recover from than the than the, than the physical problems. Yep. Yep, so there are a lot of people asking. So you know, people. Oh, it's the first race of the year, first first UCI race of the year. Yep. Tour down under. It's going to be gorgeous. You know, we're in. If you're in Europe, it's a chance to see beautiful sunshine at least somewhere in the world. So a lot of people <laughs> have been asking, where <laughs> is beautiful sunshine slash soul destroying sunshine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you've, we, we don't know what it's like, Dan, down here. You know, I know you're suffering. Dan is suffering. No, no, no. I'm, like, I'm not suffering compared to Adelaide, though. Like, as bad as it's been here, Adelaide's been fucking worse, man. Like, oh. Yeah, no. yeah. So there's a lot of people asking about live racing. Now, I know I make myself unpopular with some women's cycling fans because I don't expect every race to be live, yeah? Um, I know it's just not possible. Um, yeah. I am... I, I do have a question about stage two. I find it the argument that oh it costs so much money, blah 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 blah, is a little bit harder to buy on stage two and stage four, where there are yeah. fixed cameras already in place on the course. That yeah. really pisses me off. Exactly, stages but, that cover the same ground that the men's race, and yeah, exactly. But because the cost of the cost of the live streaming 
isn't the is is the infrastructure it's the getting yeah. people out there on the road to do it it's but when you've got the fixed cameras in place yeah. that's the cost that's that's See, the majority of the cost of exactly at that point i would have more respect for a race organizer who said yeah actually we could do it for those two stages but if we can't do it for the whole race then it kind of seems silly so we'd rather wait to do all stages or something like that would make more sense to me than just pretending you couldn't do it yeah. You know. So I'm. I mean, I'm not going to get furious about the about the lack of live racing. I mean, I think there is going to be something very interesting happening, which I want to talk about in a little bit about invisible races. So I'm going to come back to that. Okay. But what what the Tour Down Under gave us, I, and I was really excited before because on the Tour Down Under YouTube they showed us a clip of riders meeting Australian wildlife, yeah. um, snakes, <laughs> and reptiles in a uh, in a in a in the in the a nature park nearby um you know and they'd shown us shown us clips of the press conference and that's like yeah this looks like it's going to be quite good but then they didn't show us any clip at all for stage one the stage two clip from the race was one minute and 47 47 seconds of phil and paul giving like the world's short you know literally the world's shortest um this is what happened in stages one and two they had a tiny clip from stage three and then a tiny clip from stage four two days after the race was over or maybe it was one day after the race was over and as dan said this is in the context of um orica ais orica scott uh high five and rafa films making films of canyon shram managing to get out same day clips same day highlight clips of over five minutes and as dan said the thing that was really, really frustrating is the whole race was filmed. There's going to be an hour-long highlight show on the 5th of February. And like, what Orica the Scott... fuck is up with that? Like, that's just the sickest kind of bullshit to me. 5th of February. What the... <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, but Orica Scott got, the, got, got, the, got this race footage. That was being filmed live. Yeah. To, to, to be, so that they could use it in their highlights. Yeah. But the race couldn't put out highlights and look as as we all know um you know and and i go back to races like vagorda you know where at one point um we literally had like two fixed cameras on the course and live audio and so you'd literally no, at have... one point it was one one yeah. fixed camera on the course yeah so you'd one literally fixed camera on the course. you'd literally have like eight minutes of of black screen and background music and commentary in a language eo in swedish and and then 30 seconds of mad action and it was like amazing you know and, like but... like when when that's my low bar for race coverage I don't think three to five minutes of highlights is fucking unreasonable. <laughs> I just no, and this is but this is what they're showing for the men's. So stage four was um, the most recent stage, and I'm looking at the tour down under. Um, I'm looking at the tour down under YouTube channel, which yeah. is um, just YouTube slash slash tour down under, and this is what they've got from stage four. Okay, so they have first of all they have. Um, uh the sprints they show the sprint just the sprint at the end a one minute preview of that then they have a oh and then they and they've got a pre so they've got a sorry they've got a race preview they've got a sprint they have some rider interviews afterwards they've got um some talking heads of people talking tactics like a two minute 40 video for that so these are all separate videos then they've got a one minute and seven seconds highlights then they've got oh these sorry those sprints are the intermediate sprints so they've got like a one minute long video of each inter- intermediate sprints. Then yeah. they've got the fan cam, <laughs> which is talking to the fat talking to the talking to the fans. And then they've got a six minute forty highlights clip of the race. And then they've got a one minute twenty three interview with Caleb Ewan. Yeah, exactly. And in the middle of all of that, you that's can't... nine nine clips you... nine clips. <laughs> in the middle of all of that, you can't give me three minutes of the women's race. Like fuck off. Yeah, and so what we're going to, oh, they do have a, um, they do have like a video of, on from stage two called Ladies on Tour, which is following women no. going around. Yeah. Oh they had a long, God. they had, a, they had a clip that was the, the clip of the undies race, which is like people running around in their underwear. Um, which to be fair, it's like literally 40 degrees Celsius in. No, and it was to raise money for charity, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the, um, the clip of the undies race was, was nearly the same length as the clip of stage one and two to get, you know, the stage yeah. one and two clip. Yeah. It's, and look, it, 
I say all of this with a lot of love for Australian cycling, Australian races, and also for TV production. I've worked in this industry. I mean, fuck, man, I've worked TV news and TV sports broadcasting, like both of those. I happen to actually know how long it takes to put together a highlights package. And I am genuinely telling you that you can put out highlights the same day. It can be done. You just have to want to do it. I worked on the, well, you know, I worked on the, um, yeah, yeah. the, the Aviva Women's Tour yep. highlights, which were made, which was a half, which was an hour long package put together on this, you know, put together on the same day, put together on the same day. Yep. It's, it's possible. And it's, it's not, the thing that really upsets me is that we are, as women's cycling fans, presented as being unreasonable in yeah. wanting more. Yeah. So cycling news, and cycling news and Ella cycling tips both did really good really good coverage of the race yes um, they did they, they, they had really, yeah. I, I was really pissed off we have to give them praise we have to pit, give side eye to velo news who had journalists down there but didn't bother going to the women's race at all and so their race pre race report was the same kind of race report i put up which is here's a collection of videos i found yeah but theirs wasn't as theirs wasn't as good as mine <laughs> <laughs> obviously um and you know, so Cycling News did really good coverage, but the thing that really pissed me off was there was an article where they asked Amanda Spratt about all the fans who really wanted to see it, and there's Spratty saying, oh, be patient, be patient. Yeah. Like, and, uh, yeah. and there's this line in the article which said, when they realised they wouldn't be able to see the race, cycling fan, women's cycling fans raised the pitchforks. Oh, that's like eight different kinds of bullshit. Yeah, and I mean, so I raise, I, I raise the pitchforks. I think there's a huge fucking difference between raising pitchforks, which is essentially let's kill the outsider, to yeah. where the fuck's my coverage of this race, which I happen to know you are recording. Like, yeah, it's not. I I am not saying I want, and then I'm not saying I want every race to be. I mean, I'd, obviously, I'd love every race to be live, but I'm not saying I expect every race to be live. I've never said that. It's that would yeah. be crazy. I want decent length for decent length clips highlights on the yeah. same day so that we can see the race. I want good. They had really minimal live race tweeting, and this is the, this is the thing. Is I've I've done race social media. I'm going to yeah. be doing race social media for at least one race this year. Uh, you know, I'm. I it's it's part of the thing that I do as a profession. I I know that it's possible. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's it's this. I think, I think that's it's the thing. Not, yeah, I, I think that's the thing that bothers me the most is that there are more than enough examples around the world of how achievable this is that I just don't find it a legitimate excuse anymore for anyone to say, oh no, we couldn't put out highlights until three weeks after the race. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, yeah. my answer to that is get fucked. Like, <laughs> I mean, how Aussie is that? But yes. <laughs> but, but this is the interesting thing about new fan energy, because I think it's a weird, I think people are forgetting this because you look at it. If, if someone who's, I, I'm very, I've been around with mistaking a while now. I was talking with Natalia Santa Maria. It's awesome. And she was saying, she feels like she's a new fan. And she was saying, yeah, I remember when I was a new fan, I, I just wanted to see everything live. I was really angry about it. And I wanted to use my pitchfork to slash everything down. What the hell's going on? And that is a lot about new fan energy. And that's, I'm not dissing it. I think it's wonderful because someone like me, people go, go start to say to me, Oh, is this to and not going to, Oh no, it's not going to be live we probably won't get highlights it is what it is and i've got really good friends who've decided that they're not going to support invisible races anymore like mm. if the race organizer isn't putting them they're not going to look on shitty dodgy streams they're not going to flap sure. around and hunt out hunt yeah. out the results they're not going, if the race they're going to pay as much attention to the race as the race enables them to. Well, I, and that's, I, I that's, think that's their, and that's their right. I feel I, like absolutely. Yeah, I, think, I think that's completely legitimate because that's the other side of the coin of raising the bar for the whole sport, which we've clearly seen has happened over the last two years in particular. And and at that point, you you know, as far as I'm concerned, you just have to accept that you know what it's 2017, and if you can't get out daily highlights of your race, there's nobody to blame but you. You know, yeah. and, and that's really and what it boils down to. And I'm sorry. I mean, it's great. I love, I will never, ever, ever complain about, you know, Rafa and Canyon Shram and Wiggle High Five and Arika Scott putting out their highlights and their take on the race. That's awesome. But 
to rely on that as race coverage is just a bullshit cop-out by race organizers mm. you know and and yeah i'm sorry but that's just it when you can literally film you know broadcast quality video on a fucking iphone and upload it to the internet from that same phone if you wanted to then well, I, I just don't accept anymore. Like, it's just not a believable thing to say, oh, no, the earliest we can put together a good highlights package is for an hour in three weeks. No, Dude, the world doesn't work no, that way and grow up. But but also we've been seeing this for the last five, I'd say for the last five years, we've been seeing this really interesting bell curve of live race footage. Mm. And that's both in terms of things that are being shown on TV, but also especially looking at the American races and the Belgian races. Yep. Races showing, um, finding new ways to show footage. I mean, there's, yep. there's paracycling uh, road, champ- road championships the other year in Green in Greenville um, was was pretty much filmed on someone's iPhone on a motorbike. And with with people like Livestream and YouTube and even Facebook Live making it really easy to to up to, we're not talking about the same issues of bandwidth that we were suffering from a couple of years ago, are we? Yeah. Like. It's really easy and cheap or free to stream things, to live stream, to live stream these things these days. So the excuses are kind of getting smaller and smaller. And that's a good thing. But I think it's really important that we under, that we welcome new fans and old fans who are still angry about it, challenging it. I think when you... I was t- we got into a couple of arguments with people on Twitter as I always do and I <laughs> said I would happens, oh my, I wrote I wrote I wrote about this and I said that I will get people coming back to me and challenging me I would get every time I say I want to watch it like there's always a well actually person who comes up to me and tells me I'm wrong and it's like and it's always like oh you know chastise chastise and i got um told that well you know we shouldn't be caring about, i want <laughs> by an editor of a cycling press no less saying <laughs> that well we shouldn't be dissing the the the, the tour down under when we're not going to get all the world tour races streamed live mm-hmm. and then someone else was saying oh well you know if the world tour races were streamed live maybe maybe people would be happy with it and it's like no 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 a I'm never going to believe that we can only fight one battle at a time. Yeah, you know, yeah. not all the world tour races are going to be streamed live, but you know, that's, that's to me, that's fine. If they have good highlight, I want to see them live, but if I can't see live, they're all got, you know, they've, 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 they've got good, they've got good highlights. And frankly, there are so many good races in the world tour that are going to be streamed live. That I don't need to watch them all. You know, I don't need yeah, to watch yeah. Chong Ming. Exactly. Because, and this is this is the other part of it is that you know and and it's genuinely a good and positive and healthy thing but the the simple fact of the matter is that part of the improvement of the professionalism of the sport the quality of the coverage of the sport over the last few years is is quite simply that if you want to be in the mix in in 2017 you fucking have to step your game up you know yeah. like you just yeah, have to be there you have to be part of it you have to you know, I mean, I have this rule in my business, and I say this to my team all the time. And you know, we're we're in part, and this is specifically about our online retail business. But our rule and everything that I tell my team to test against is this one simple mantra: always make it easy for the customer to give you money. You know? <laughs> and it's the same principle. If your business is built around promoting a race, make it fucking easy for me to find your race. Yeah, yeah. But it's also, I think, cycling media also needs to remember that they're not just talking to the same small audience that they think they are. That there's a whole load of people who are interested in women's cycling and just describing them as raising the pitchforks because they want to see mm. some of the race from the race organiser isn't, isn't helpful. And it's also not means that those people are going to go, huh, that's what you think of me. Fine, I'll go over here to this piece of cycling media. Because the other thing is, when I first started... I felt like I had to consume every piece of media there was about women's cycling because there wasn't much about it. So yeah. I read everything. You know, I read everything. I watched every video. I read everything. I read all the race reports. These days, I don't read this. I just read a fraction of it because I don't need to anymore. You know, I can go, oh, yeah. wow, look at this great. I can choose between Ella Cycling Tips and Cycling Users Race Reports, you know. Yeah. I yeah. can go, I, oh, well, look, I'm just going to look at, I mean, Kirstie Baxter's amazing photos of the race, yeah, and I can yeah. look at those. There's, but, but I don't need to look at every single photo exactly. gallery anymore. Exactly. And that's brilliant. 
It is. And, and those are... it's a net positive. It absolutely is. You know, but at the same time, I, I just come back to this same, same simple point that if you're a race organiser, you have to be better. You just have to. Yeah, yeah. Now, I want to talk about something they were better because there's a piece on Velo News who didn't cover the race, but they did cover an issue with the Tour Down Under because the Tour Down Under, famously, the South Australian government owns it and pays for it, and they decided they weren't going to have podium girls. Which, uh, to be perfectly honest, is a decision that's long overdue and, you know, entirely a good thing as far as I'm concerned. What I found amazing about this article was the number of people slash writers who were like, oh, it's not so good. It's like the fuck is wrong with you people so what they did was they decided now i want to just make an now one thing that the what the, the, that fellow news didn't do is make the distinction between podium girls the models who are there as eye candy and the podium manager yes. yeah a podium manager so for some for example the tour of britain doesn't have has never had podium hasn't doesn't have podium girls if evil women's tour doesn't have podium girls what they do is they have a podium manager who kind of shuffles everyone around and gets everyone in place and who is incredibly professional lisa she's awesome and they have they they give their prizes out by um, from local and it's really from dignitaries local dignitaries um, fans um, and sponsors. Yep. Now I they're not the only race to do this. Turing and Runfart does this where they yep. give you know the best young rider jersey is given by a young rider. Lots of races don't use podium models. But there is, so there's two things. Velo News is conflating this idea of, oh my God, you need someone to be in charge of the podium with, oh my God, you need a girl in a short dress, high heels and a lot of makeup and big hair. <laughs> well, and exactly. And, and also somehow completely missing the point that, for example, you know, there are plenty of other sports who've also done away with it. Like literally this decision came as a local decision in Australia because a car race got rid of grid girls yeah you know so it's like you know this isn't this isn't just confined to cycling it's part of a social movement of recognition that actually you know what overly sexualizing women and putting them up there as eye candy isn't necessarily the way that we want to represent our sport the way that we want young women to view their role in the sport and so on and so forth like and as, and as 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 the South Australian government said when they the spokesperson said when they when they announced it, this guy was saying, "Yeah, we want uh, motor racers, girls to think that they could be engineers, yeah, you know, and mechanics. We don't want them to think that their only role is by being eye candy." So you have so that what they did was they got young riders from local junior riders from a club to present the jerseys, and you think how could anyone be against that? Yeah. But you got Cohen to court and Peter Stettner talking about how awful it is and how terrible and it's political correctness gone too far i just i i mean massive side eye but also like holy shit are you guys just kind of a little bit dumb you know my wife used to be a podium girl great cool story for you really happy for you what the fuck does that have to do with the systemic embellishment of uh, you know and and entrenchment of inequality and and exploitation like fucking whatever you know oh it's part of cycling i don't think it's sexist unless the organizer dresses up the girl provocatively then you don't understand sexism well, this is the thing is something. Tyler Farrar and Mikael Lander are the two writers who they quote with different views. And Tyler yeah. Farrar says, tradition is something, but in modern times, some people question that. I've actually heard this talked about on and off, but this is the first race team that actually decided to do away with it. People like to hang on to tradition in this sport simply because that's the way they've always done it. But we're not racing around in wool jerseys anymore, are we? Times change. Exactly. Like, like but fucking too- grow up. I mean, the truth is, ultimately, look at that. Like, it's so much just, you know, entrenched and, and disguised entitlement. I want to be kissed by a cute girl on the podium is really what that's all well, for. Well, it's also the person who wrote this, Andrew Hood, in the church, kind of reveals more about himself than about the sport in this article. Because he says, um, this, is what, this is what Andrew Hood says in Velo News. Um, he says, um, the debate about the suitability of podium girls or race hostess has been percolating in the past several years. Critics say the notion of podium girls is chauvinistic and out of touch modern sensibilities. Others point out that it's deep rooted in cycling's historic fabric and that hostesses bring a touch of femininity to an otherwise male dominated podium. Peloton. Yeah, mate, when you go back to a fucking cable shifted fucking, 
you know, seven speed climbing Galibier whilst chain smoking, then you can fucking talk to me about tradition in the sport. Until then... So they, but do you, think, do you think there might be other ways to bring a touch of femininity to bike races, Dan? Oh, I'd love to see the men's peloton all wear skirts while they ride or some shit like that. I was like, thinking fucking... more about having a women's race alongside the men's race and having a joint oh, bike yeah, inside that, the race. That too. But yeah, it's yeah, probably yeah, stupid. Sure. But they also sure. have this really creepy, inadvertently creeping lying line. Okay. These days, hostesses present prizes, jerseys, flowers, and inevitably pros the winner, as well as work with VIPs and work closely with sponsors. Yeah, look, uh, and uh, the closest, that's just creepy. The closest anyone has ever got to to swaying me on this whole issue was when someone said, "Look, basically, they work for um, sponsors as representatives of their brands," and I was like, "Oh, yeah, okay, I can kind of see how that's a little bit removed." And then I was like, "But no, in in my day job, as a different point of things, I literally." Um, you know, deal with, God help me, I work in industries that are fucking archaic, you know, tech businesses where you go to a conference with, you know, a big um, show floor and some fucking businesses hired girls in bikinis to spruik their latest motherboard. You what now? Like one thing has nothing to do with the other. You know, and it yeah. is. And no, it's, no, but and it's, it's also just... treating you like you're stupid. Well, but like you but as that's a exactly, man. That's it's saying the only audience here is heterosexual men. Yeah. And B, it's saying you as a heterosexual man are so stupid yeah. that you can't be interested in something unless it's presented with a nice pair of tits. It's just such bullshit. I mean, it, it just. It, it drives me absolutely insane. And. and this is the thing. It's this. It's one of the simplest things in the world to change. And you know what? Who the fuck complains about juniors presenting their award? Like, fucking, they get to meet their heroes and go, oh my god, you won, and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, get a signed thing and a couple of minutes behind the, the you know, behind stage with you and all that sort of shit. Like, like fucking be a decent person. Like, that's awesome. Oh my god! Oh, further oh. your sport, grow your sport, be a fucking grown up. Like, oh. but it's—I mean, this is but this is the thing I love. So if you go to the the—I mean, the one I know best is the is the women's Aviva women's tour. But you rock up at the Aviva women's tour, and they have on the podium, they have a huge crowd, huge crowd of people cheering, and they bring out. And now we've got the leader of um, Warwickshire County Council. Thank you very much for letting us, for supporting us and has come through your, your town. We've had a really lovely time in Warwickshire. And everyone goes, yay! <laughs> and the leader of Warwickshire County Council kind of waves and looks a bit, you know, looks a bit sweetly embarrassed. And then they go, okay, right now giving up the next prize. You know, Skoda have been supporting the best young riders jersey and here's um here's Dan Wright from Skoda and everyone goes, Yay! And and they feel like do you know what I mean? They feel like they're having a really good time. They get to be part of the race in a way that sponsors you know what I mean? It's just a yeah, really yeah, special exactly. And and this and is that's... the thing. I mean honestly, a sponsor as much as a sponsor might enjoy a pretty model, a sponsor would much rather you you know cop an earful of here's the ceo of skoda australia you know like yeah. it gets the but brand also, out but, there you know but also isn't it isn't it interesting that the assumption is that the sponsor's rep is always going to be a heterosexual man yeah i know or or that the race winner is going to be a heterosexual man i mean like like oh God, yeah don't get me started on the the bullshit around diversity in in whatever like it's just fucked anyway yeah um i feel like that's been a healthily prolonged um introduction rant <laughs> and, and and perhaps we should actually talk about the race <laughs> yeah we're not gonna go i mean it's 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 a race it's yeah i don't want to go into grand detail but the first stage the road race the the 160 it's not even a long road race 106 yeah. kilometers uh ended up with a three uh, with three women out 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 there breakaway amanda spratt from oraka scott yannicka ensing from in her first race for ali cipollini and katie hall from uhc um spratty ended up winning 19 seconds ahead of ensing and 59 seconds ahead of hall well i think actually no i think hall had escaped from the from the large group which was brought in by alexis ryan from canyon sram one minute um one second behind 
Uh, stage two was a crit, and um, yeah, it was it was one in stompity 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 stomp style by Kirsten Veals, who basically. And there's some great things that Nettie Edmondson says about this, says about it in who Nettie came fifth yep. in the Orica Scott video. But basically, Kirsten revealed one <laughs> with her silence teammate, Rochelle Barbieri seconds. Um, silence, by signing up Kirsten revealed, have managed to definitely, definitely put themselves in a different position than they were last year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last, year they, last year, it took them till, May, till the end of May to win a UCI race. This year, Kirsten Reveal's won in her first race. Yeah. Uh, Chloe Hosking third. Yeah, silence have definitely changed their fortunes uh, this time around. Um, stage three was a 92-kilometer race um, in the Barossa Valley, which is Australia's uh, oldest wine region. And yes, I know everyone in Europe right now is laughing at oldest wine region. Uh, yeah, but, you know, fuck you. That is a good wine there. <laughs> anyway... Um, yeah, so um, Chloe Hosking actually won for L.A. Cipollini um, in a close finish from Kirsten in second and Alexis Ryan in third. Uh, so, yes. yeah. Which, being as that was a bunch sprint, meant that with the final stage being another crit, it was um, it looked like uh, Amanda Spratt's lead wasn't going to be harassed. And no. that's true, because yes. Vild won again yes. with Nettie second chloe hosking third yep and spratt held on um interestingly enough though um you know there were some great little quotes from from spratty afterwards um one of my favorites is just and and for a whole bunch of reasons but like it just gives you this great insight into spratty herself you know she's very down to earth and very very cool and and just you know i mean even even though i've had you know personal issues ever since she admitted to making instant coffee um (laughs) I must say it's a little bit stressful this whole GC business. I'm definitely not used to it. <laughs> I'm normally the one helping the GC leader and trying to calm them down and make them stress not so much. I've got a new appreciation Aww. for being in this position now. So the last GC that Spratty won was actually the Tour de Feminina route six years ago. So yeah, it's been a while for her, but um, you know, nice to take the overall. And particularly given that yeah. her, her, you know, teammate and buddy Garfoot had um, had just pipped the post at the Nationals Road Race the week before, so yeah. yeah. So Spratty won, Yannicka Ensing second, and the in-race bonifications meant that Kirsten Veeld was third in GC, Lauren Kitchen was fourth for um, riding for a. a uh, City University team, and in fifth and best young rider Alexis Ryan of Canyon Strand. So yeah, um, that was that was the tour down under. Uh, we've got the coming up uh, this week is the Cadell Evans Great Ocean Road Race. No, we've got a race before that because we've got another live cyclocross race on Sunday, the Hugerheider Cyclocross World Cup, which is the last race before Cyclocross World Champions start 27th to 29th of January. And it'll be live. You have to watch it, even if you don't like Cyclocross. Can Mariana Voss win <laughs> the rainbow jersey again? I wonder who that was subtweeted at. Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, Cam Levin's. Hard code to crack that one. Yeah. Um, Cal Evans Great Ocean Road Race on is is Mel- Melbourne's your time zone, isn't it? So it's eleven forty five AM, which I believe is quarter to one in the morning in the UK, quarter to two in the morning in uh in uh lovely, lovely Europe and yeah. seven forty five PM on the twenty seventh in America. Panel Evans Great Ocean Road Race. It'll be streamed live entirely. So you know, get excited about that, dear listener. Do it will be a good race, and it is. You know, it's a spectacular part of the world. It honestly is. So. Oh God, I want to see the Great Ocean. Oh, it's so beautiful. Oh, it's so gorgeous. It, it, oh, it's honestly, amazing. No, it is. It, it genuinely it is, is it one is. of the most I'm picturesque genuine. parts of the world. It's just insanely gorgeous. So I know it's a hardship, but to that I can only say. You know, it's one race of the year, so it is worth you know getting up or staying up and and watching. Please, um, I promise you won't regret it. And yes, um, if you if you do for go- any reason regret it, I won't refund you a goddamn thing. So you know, <laughs> if you want to see the video from all these races, I've got collections from the Cyclocross National Championships and collections from the Tour Down Under, and also I'll have other. A collection of videos um, in the podcast post which will include the really awesome little specialised 
cyclocross video and national championships videos that kind of thing um go to our site prowomenscycling.com uh, i'm doing two talks next week um that i'd love you to come to if you're anywhere nearby um that would be awesome to see you uh they are one in bristol on thursday and one in chicago which i'm attending by uh by by video link um on saturday so please come please do um and of course as always if you'd like to get in touch with us um you can't so you know just deal with that (laughs) or i am underscore pigeons underscore and dan is at dan w official on twitter um and as always if you would like to contribute to the huge amount of work that sarah does on a regular basis to keep us up to date with everything to do with the sport uh do head to patreon.com slash women's cycling and for a couple of dollars or pounds a month you can become one of the coolest people in the world <laughs> yeah, uh, that's patreon.com slash women's cycling. And thank you very much for listening. And we'll be back soon. Hopefully, I'll have a lung again and Dan will be able to sleep and won't have melted. And yeah, thank you for listening. We always appreciate and love you very much. Indeed. Hey, Sarah, guess what? What? Under an hour. <gasps> oh, let's stop now, stop now, stop now. <laughs>